Hey, what's going on? This is Jeremy Thone, Marketing Director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. I'm excited to share an episode with Demi Longley. Demi is the Customer Experience Director over at TextLocate. In this episode, we talk about the five strategies to have a good customer experience because we know how hard it is to gain customers, but it's super easy to lose them. So hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Demi, thanks for coming on to 3PL Live. I'm excited to speak with you. I actually get to, a chance to meet you at the Text Locate office at the F3 event in Chattanooga. For those that don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself and what you do at Text Locate? For sure. So my name is Demi Longley. I'm Director of Customer Experience here at Text Locate, and I'm based out of Austin. Our corporate office is out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm. And before we get into the, today's topic of kind of like customer experience and SaaS, basically, how did you end up at TextLocate? Yeah, so I actually got connected with Ryan through a former boss at Covenant Transport, now I think Covenant Logistics. Mm-hmm. And I saw the need that he was trying to fill for having been in that role and trying to track down drivers. And it's easy for me to empathize with the customers we're helping. So that's kind of how it all got started. Mm, I do like the text layer that you guys are doing. And I want to ask you a little bit about that in a second here. But before I get into that, like, what is part of the problem with like the drivers? They're not wanting to be tracked or they're not looking at their phones or like, could you just high level elementary school for people that don't know this as well as you, like what the problem is? I think that there is a lot of app fatigue in the industry with drivers. It's just one more thing they have to create a login for. They don't want to do that. And to your point, they also don't want to be tracked or big brothered, if you will. So where we come into play, we're completely text-based. We are not an app. We think that the apps serve their purpose in the market. Where we come in is to kind of make it easier for both the driver and the customer to communicate more efficiently for both location, text, POD retrieval. Uh, We do lots of different things in that. And I would assume you guys are just kind of agnostic into many different systems and TMSs and platforms, or you're kind of just meeting wherever the drivers are at in their systems type of thing? More so with uh, the brokerage side. So that's where we're mostly targeted is brokerage. And we can be a standalone product as a tap in the browser, helping reps or track and tracers on the floor, getting updates from drivers. Or like you mentioned, we play nice with everybody. We can get integrated into their TMS and pull triggers easier via automation. And we all know like in SaaS, like it's super hard to get clients because, but at the same time, there's usually like a lifetime value to the client where they'll sometimes stay with you for years. So getting clients is obviously hard and being in the brokerage market, there isn't a ton of brokerages. I've read stats that it's, I don't know, somewhere between 16 to 20,000 say. I, I know that the importance of just basically keeping customers happy. And I know you're a customer experience director, manager. So how do you, how do you view like today's topic is basically five fundamentals of customer experience. Can you walk me through, I guess, year five and you could just start with one, whatever you think is important to you? I think number one is onboarding. And that is just getting off on the right foot, making Mm -hmm. sure that contacts are made both on our side for any needs that come up for us as well as them. I think that's the main thing I've learned throughout Mm -hmm. this is Yes, we need to be available. We need to be that resource, but also having a contact on their side as mm-hmm. kind of the champion of the implementation sure. where you can bounce new ideas and new features and things like that. So I think listening is also a huge one and setting objectives. For instance, hey, we have this feature for this, following up a few weeks later, hey, have you had a chance to do this? And so that way we can kind of quantify how it's progressing and how their team is best using it. I know with our company, there's usually like a kickoff call and then we have like a university 
And then we do like some like live events and things of that nature and some webinars here and there, kind of email campaigns and things like that. What do you guys do for the onboarding? Like what's part of that process? Yeah, so typically it goes from the sales rep and then they bring me into the onboarding call. I get to know all of the team members on the call, what everyone's roles are, who will be handling what. Then I go into an in-depth training over the platform. I answer questions and then we have touchpoint follow-ups, either weekly, bi-weekly. It really just depends on the customer and their need um, and how active they are, how many, how much volume they have. There's a lot of different indicators that go into that, but I would say first and foremost is getting everyone on that introductory, getting all questions out of the way, and then making a plan based on the customer's needs from there. That's totally fair. And I agree with you. Onboarding is important. What do we got for number two? Kind of hand in hand, it would be understanding their needs on a deeper level. I think everyone has challenges. We're all going at the same goal in this industry, but some people go about operations a little differently. So understanding mm. how that particular brokerage goes about it versus, you know, customer B over here. I think that is also crucial. So we're open-minded in how to customize it and not just give the same rollout. This is how we do it for every single call. And, mm. and again, I think that goes back to meeting different team members and finding different roles and how it pertains to the overall goal. Because I feel like if I talk to one person in one department and then I talk to someone else, I can get a better understanding so that everyone's on the same page instead of saying, hey, we're just going to turn this thing on. These people are going to start using it. And then no one else knows you know, how that helps make their job more efficient for mm. the end result. That's fair. And I think it's fair too, because I feel like even with our system, we have so many people that use brokerage different ways like we have some people that call themselves like manage transportation and then they like just take like a spread of like the margin and then some people are like more transactional so everything everyone's like completely different if you don't know like if you're confused like on the workflow of something how do you get the clarity from the person do you have to find your technical person on that team to figure out and then kind of be the liaison between you and the developers or how do you guys work that out for sure. And it really depends on the overall goal. Are we trying to get automated? Then I'll bring in an engineer and kind of see how they're, if they have a custom workflow, if they have a standard system that we're used to connecting to, or if it's more on the manual side. I actually just love getting on a Google Meets. That's what we use and having them share screens. Hey, walk me through your day to day. What does your day from point A to point B look like? How do you, how are you doing this today? And then once I have a better idea of what they actually do, then I can say, okay, this is how we can smoothly transition our product to help make your workflow more efficient. Before we get into number three, what are people most excited about about the product? Is it just the ability to just get like a quick response from the driver? Yeah, I would say that. Um, texts are the most open and read form of communication. So I think people get really excited that they can do that in bulk. They have it in one place. The other huge win for us is we sort all of the SMS by load ID, and that is huge in our industry. So just having one platform where a whole entire team can go and look through messages with drivers and not have to bug people after hours or something like that. I think people get really excited about, honestly, I could go on and on, but mm. I would say SMS is just the name of the game for us. Yeah. I worked at a mobile messaging company and that was like one of the main selling points is that people open text, I think within like 90 seconds or something like that. And it's yep. got like a 98% open rate. So it's definitely especially with like Gmail coming out with like a lot more rules around like messaging and spam coming out like next, I think soon, that's also going to be changing a lot of things, I think as well. But you had mentioned a second ago that sorting by load ID, could you just quickly explain like why that's important? Yeah. So for instance, if we're trying to 
navigate someone from using on the floor, for instance, if they're track and tracing freight, they might be using a mobile phone. They might be using another text-based um, application within the brokerage. How we differ from that is those conversations are just kind of one long chain, just like me and you have on our phone. In our platform, it actually targets the load ID that was entered. And even if it is the same driver, for instance, just as an example, week over week, you will actually be able to see the text conversation per load. So hmm. you know what to sort, what happened with which load, if there were pictures of uh, damaged freight, for instance, or PODs, you would know exactly where that was coming from. Hmm. What do we got for point three? Point three, and I think this one is most crucial, and that is regular health checks and monitoring. Anything, this is just an ever changing industry as far as technology and people moving roles and things like that. And I think that's the biggest thing because maybe I reach out to somebody and I'm like, hey, I haven't heard from them in a while. And then come to find out that person has either moved within the company, moved outside of the company, and then I need to go and find who my next best point of contact is. I think that's huge. Uh, Bringing new ideas and material. I think that's the biggest thing instead of just saying, hey, how are things going, which is great. I still love doing that. But Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I think this is really great. This is helping uh, so-and-so improve, you know, X amount. I think it's going to help you guys out too. What do you think sure. about this? So I think- Like have a reason for calling essentially. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's hard because I feel like a lot of times it's awkward calling people and like, especially if they're upset, you know, and software has problems. We're not, not none of it works perfectly all the time as a, anything that's got moving parts. So I think that sometimes too, it's hard because like you, you might have someone that's upset with you or whatever. Do you guys generally check in with like the um, like technical people or is it like how I'm just curious because like you're kind of more of like a almost like a data layer or almost I don't know that's not the way to describe it but just like a communication layer almost Yeah, I would say mostly operations. That is my go-to because they're in the day-to-day. The technical mm. is great if we're actively working on an integration or they're trying to get things moving in their system, but I would say as a general idea we're we're with the people who are utilizing the product every day. So operations is typically not all the time, but that's typically our go-to for, you know, hey, how are your reps using it? Here's another idea of how they can use it better and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever get people on the phone together too as a group at all? One of the things in our industry, it's hard to break people away from the floor all at once. So we do a lot of breakout groups, a little more targeted and mm-hmm. more specific to certain groups or if um, you know, there's a team lead. Sometimes they'll relay to their team, but I also like to do follow up, follow ups because there's just something about having that one-on-one interaction, looking at people, even if it's through a webcam that they're understanding and you, know, you have their full attention. Mm, fair. What about, what do you got for point four? So point four is based around training. And that is something that again, I am over and we try to make resources available constantly for our customers. So that would include things like email blasts. We create documents all the time, kind of summarizing either new features, new processes, automations, just so customers will have a better idea in a nutshell, mm-hmm. even before you know we hop on a call and do a deeper dive into that. We also do recorded trainings, which again, back to my last point, I like that just as a resource, but then that goes back to, okay, well, are they actually going to click it? Are they going to watch it? Or do I need to get on a physical call, which is why I always opt for physical calls. Um, Mm. And then as another resource, we have a customer rep in Colombia. So that's another great resource we have for Spanish speaking customers or teams or nearshore teams or things like that. So that also helps. 
Mm, that's interesting. It seems like the nearshoring thing is becoming more popular too with companies like Lean and et cetera. It's interesting too, because I feel like being empathetic is not like an easy skill to teach because we're always constantly even trying to train our own people internally. Sometimes I think that when you're under the fire and like you're getting, you know, like when people are upset about something, I think it's hard sometimes because like you just like want like them to go away sometimes or just to calm them down. You obviously want them to be heard and seen and everything like that. But I think that sometimes people could be a little short or curt with like their responses. I don't know if they're like necessarily mean to be. I think it's just human nature to like sometimes like want to be away from like emotion type of thing. So have you figured out, I, I actually suggested that they use like chat GPT not to like respond, but to like ask like, hey, like add a little bit more depth to this or like obviously chat GPT will make you sound like a robot. So you obviously still have to like write, but it's some sort of degree I feel like if it's like a very short response, people could be like annoyed. So I usually use it for like drafting purposes and copy to make things a little, and then obviously I go in there and fill it out and do my own thing. Do you think you could teach empathy for one, I guess? And like, how do you, how do you help people figure that out? No, I think that's, that's a great point. And one thing about our team that we really take pride in is that we have been in their shoes. And I think that's the biggest thing is just meeting people on a human level and kind of taking out the process behind it. We know, especially right now, the market has been, you know, rough for a few people and just empathizing that, hey, you know, we know things um, are rough, it's going to start turning upwards, hopefully here in the next few months. This is where we're at. This is how we can help you teaching empathy. I think there's different ways to go about that. I always think it's best to listen in that case instead of just kind of throwing out your recommendations or trying to speak. I think just letting the customer get out everything that they want to say and then approach it more, a little more specific and tailored than just kind of saying, well, this works for everybody, so this should work for you. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing. But just being in their shoes and just relating to them on a human level, I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like to some sort of degree, it's just like fear maybe that people get like freaked out, like when people are upset and just, I don't know, some people just like want to solve the problem, want to help out and then other people like panic. It's like flight or fight kind of response, I guess, depending on the person. So I guess just for like the last couple minutes, how do you deal with that? Like, just because I feel like in, in the role that you're in, I feel like th there was some conversation I saw with like Tim Ferriss that said like the something to the degree of like the success of your life is going to be made by how many difficult conversations that you could have in that particular role. There's got to be a lot of probably hard conversations to have. So like, how do you look at that? And like, how do you not get emotional? Like when you're dealing with people that are upset? Yeah. And again, I think that goes back to listen first, talk second. So I think mm. just having the, I think it's, all about like tone and approach too. So the mm. customer will know how you deliver what you're going to say, even if it's, you know, straightforward, it's, it still can be empathetic in the way that you are delivering the message. And I think that that is what I've learned the most important saying, I hear you, I understand, I empathize with you. Um, you know, this is kind of how we're helping someone in a similar situation that's going through similar things and kind of going about it that way. And then of course, just following up and giving them comfort that you do hear them and that you are trying to take, even if it's baby steps to help, you know, fix maybe a problem they have or something they're working towards like a goal and they're having roadblocks along the way. Mm, that's fair. I think that one thing that we've been trying to do too, and I don't know if you could echo this as well, is just like communication is like really key, like internally, like if something's wrong, communicating within our team's channel that like what's going on with the software 
communicating with our customers through like uh, our email program that we use, MailerLite. I don't really love it, to be honest. I want to switch programs eventually. Basically, just as much communication as possible, like with what's going on. And we kind of err to the point of being annoying with communication, I feel like. to the point, I think that at some sort of degree, though, I feel like it makes us as a team like operate a lot better. And we're all completely remote, as it seems like you guys are as well. I think that obviously you guys have the, the office, but you're um, in a different city as well. So how do you guys do that, like communication? Yeah, kind of similar. We're we're all Google based, so we have Google Chat going. Everyone else is in office in Chattanooga, so I do a lot of Google Meets calls and things like that. But I think you're spot on. Communication is key, and not to switch gears, but I liked what you said earlier about the AI aspect. We get that question a lot. I do think that that kind of technology has its place, but we're also trying to keep the human element present. And I think if not only for drivers, which is the problem we're trying to solve, but even our customers, like having those things, I feel like gets people more worked up because they just want to talk to a human. It's like me or you calling in and they're like the robot Agent. talking. Agent. Yeah. <laughs> yelling at the phone. So I think, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, there's been so many times where a customer will be like, Hey, do you have a second? I need to get on, you know, a call. And just making sure that we can return that phone call or we can even hop on a Google Meets and have them share screens, even if it's five minutes. Just being available is absolutely the biggest thing. That's hard, too. I feel like I think being available is key because it, it, I guess to some sort of degree, it builds trust, right? Exactly. And, and if you feel like if you can't get a hold of someone like when you need them, then it feels like it erodes the trust. And then they probably start disengaging and disconnecting. So it's all it all like kind of works itself out is there closing thoughts do you guys do what do you do to like i guess stand out from the crowd if you will like there i've seen things of like people like writing like handwritten letters to like folks or like i don't know if like you want to go that far or anything like that but just in general is there anything that you guys have thought about even considered i guess i've been thinking about it sometimes too like how can we honor our customers and like make them feel like really important and i can give you one example of one thing that we did last year we had our first live event it cost quite a bit of money. I think it cost us like over a hundred grand to do in Manhattan Beach, but it was really cool because we got to bring all of our partners there. Parade was there, Cargo Chief was there, um, Triumph Pay was there, and like some of the fe- like the founder from Parade spoke. Um, so it was like a really good kind of intimate crowd of people. Um, so that was one thing that, and I'm not gonna lie, it, it was a lot. It was a pretty risky move on our part because it was a lot of money and we didn't know what the hell we were doing to be completely honest and Trey Griggs actually ended up emceeing the event for us and thank god he did it because I would not want to be in front of a crowd and like for for that amount of time it's it's not easy to put these live events on so I think that that was one thing that we tried just to get better engagement with our clients and we actually found that it it did work we've been a company for 15 years and we've never done anything like that but it did we did see some people like I, I could tell you that like after the event like um one of our customers basically emailed us recently and said hey i'm now using parade and i'm now using cargo chief the result of meeting these people at your event so it did have this nice way of bringing the community together but i'm always thinking about new innovative ways to like do things and to i know that like cargo chief and this is probably more on like the marketing side of things so if you don't have any thoughts on this no worries i liked what they did with the thing that you participated in as well with like the game changers for tech i thought that was cool how they did that little virtual event and brought everyone together for like the greater good for lack of better words so i don't know just thoughts on that in general no i really liked the example you gave that's awesome 
by the way, wish I was attending that in Manhattan uh, Beach. But no, next, I think all there's of those always are, next time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Those are great points. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we met at our Text Locate tailgate. So having that in person in our hometown, if you will, was a nice way to invite customers on a personal level. Hey, please come out. We catered drinks and food and things like that. So we're always trying to do that as far as events go. We have gone the personal letter route. We always try to see what our customers are interested in and kind of keep tabs on what events are going on or maybe even in their personal lives. If we see events that they were interested in or things that interest them, like, hey, this made me think of you. Hope you're doing well, even on a personal level. I think that really goes a long way and people remember that because we're closing in Almost on three years here, I think it'll be three years in July that we've uh, been in business. And so we're till, still technically a small business and our customers mean the absolute most to us and connecting with them on our human level. I keep saying that, but that is it's fair. so, so true. And it goes such a long way when people gain your trust and know that you care about them more than just the dollars. Yeah, no, I think that if anything, AI really opened up an opportunity to double click on the human part aspect of things, which is actually good because I don't know, it'd be kind of like uh, bad for humanity if like we just all wanted to talk to robots and not each other anymore. That'd be really exactly. weird. So, exactly. Yeah, that whole thing. Um, so I th yeah, so that's a lot of great information there. Demi, where do we send people if they would like to get a demo of Text Locate? Yeah, for sure. You can always contact me, Demi at TextLocate. We also have sales at TextLocate.com. That'll kind of go to our main line or support at TextLocate.com and somebody will reach out. We'd love to schedule a demo and meet everyone and kind of learn what's going on in their operations. Thanks for sticking around to the end of that episode with Demi Longley over at TextLocate. I'm actually kind of happy that we're doubling down on the human experience because at the end of the day, people just want to connect with humans. And sometimes when you hit just the the agent button or, you know, when you're like, hey, agent, I want to talk to a person. So it's nice to know that as a society, even though AI is coming in hot, that we still want to connect with each other. Anyways, hope everyone's enjoying the weekend. Stay safe out there and we will catch you on the next episode of 3PL Live. Thanks.